the families and the tribes and sent them to the town of Zorah and Estherah and Lush, Laish, however it's pronounced. They said how, they said, they saw how the people there lived in security like the Sidonians. There were a peaceful, quiet people with no argument with anyone. They had all they needed. They lived, they lived far away from the Sidonians and had no dealings with them, with any other people. When the five men returned to Zorah and Esterel, the people asked what they had found out. Come on, they replied, let's attack Laish. They, they saw, we saw the land and it's very good. You will, very aggressive word I believe. Don't stay here doing nothing, hurry. Go in and take it over. Next slide. When you get there, you will find that the people don't suspect a thing. It's a big country. It has everything a person could want. And God has given it to you. So, so 600 men from the tribe of Dan left Zorah and Nasserol for battle. After the Danites had taken the priests and the things that Micah had made, they went and attacked Lash, the town of peaceful, quiet people, which was in the same valley as Betharab. They killed the inhabitants and burned the town. There was no one to save them because Lash was, in that, was among, a long way from Sidon and had no dealings with any other people. The Danites rebuilt the town and settled there. Now, if you read the book of Judges, or actually the Old, Old Testament, you'll find that Israel basically had an up and down relationship with God. They had, uh, when things were going well, they kind of left God out. When they started having problems, they cried out to God and God answered their prayers. And then they kind of, this was the way it went. Up and down, up and down, up and down. And uh, so it records that downfall of Israel and their failures. Now, in this chapter, we see Dan, and I left out a lot of verses I could have went to because I didn't want to get sidetracked on them because there's a couple other things that's in that chapter that's, that's good. There's a lot of things in books of the Bible that we don't normally read. Unless you read, read the Bible through every year, you usually skip these. We kind of cling to the Old Testament, I mean the New Testament, because we like it better. We like the letters of Paul, and we like reading about the life of Jesus. So we do that. We kind of ignore the Old Testament a lot. So we have a lot of gems in the Old Testament and lessons that we could learn from if we would just open up and start reading them. Now, the tribe of Dan hadn't taken their possession or their inheritance, even though they had 64,000 warriors. And remember, God told them that he would give them the land, and he'd give it to them little by little, and he would drive out the people. Because if he didn't drove them out all at once, the whole land would fall into disarray. And it would no longer be a land flowing with milk and honey. It would be a land of weeds and different things like that. But see, Dan, they didn't try, he didn't trust God. There was giants in their, in their possessions, and they would trust God to be able to help them, to go before them and give them the strength to do it. Now, I remember if you'll, uh, Joshua, 
when he was dealing with the people of the land, he says, give me this mountain. And that mountain was the worst in having an area and the hardest, the heaviest stronghold there was. But when he went in there with God and faith in God, God delivered that land to him. But this tribe didn't believe, so they had to, uh, they're wandering around looking for places to live. So, now the Amorites and the Philistines were occupying their inheritance, and those weren't as bad as the, like I said, as what Joshua had to defeat. <clears throat> God told them to fight, and he'd fight with them, but they didn't believe it. And they say, oh man, those crazy people. But we do the same thing, don't we? We have a promise from God. We know we have a promise, but we don't fight for it. We sit there, wander around, looking for, for ways to get those things without God. Because we don't believe he's going to work through us or for us. We have faith, and that's the funny thing. That's one another reason why we need the church or body of believers. is because, see, I have faith that God can heal you. When I'm sick, I don't have a lot of faith to believe he'll heal me. That's the way it works. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, so that's why we need each other to bear each other's burdens. So we can be able to, we're in this together. So when we're down, the people that are up can lift us up. So <clears throat> they sent five spies out to find a land that would be easy to conquer because they were too lazy. So they sent the spies, five spies out, reports says they saw a place so unprotected and vulnerable. Joshua, uh, excuse me, Judges 18.21. They turned away and set out, putting the children, the cattle, and gear in the lead. Now this is a tactic that uh, they use now. When the... Uh, in the big group of, of that one caravan that broke through the gate in Mexico, they put the woman and children in the front because the, they knew that the police would be kind of hard-pressed to hurt a woman or a child. And that's their, and this is where they get it from. It's a good strategy. And see, these guys, they don't care about the women and children and their stuff as much as they do their own lives. So those kind of reached down to where they were, the, they were the best possession that they had. So that's what the thing that they used, just in case they guessed wrong, they could be fighting women and children, then they can get into the fight. But they, they were just 600, other 64,000 went, because they were so confident about victory, they brought everything with them. It's like you go up and you get rent one of these travel trucks that moves people from place to place and you load up all your stuff in there and you go to a house and you, you kind of knock, you knock on the door, beat up the owner and kill him, kill everybody in the house, throw all their stuff out in the street and then move your stuff in. That's kind of what happened here. We couldn't do that now, but that's what they did. And from these verses, we could lead three things that led to the downfall of the city. And these three, same three things that made this city vulnerable makes us vulnerable as Christians. Now, I like to know what makes me vulnerable. And we're all vulnerable to these three things. The first thing 
that made them vulnerable was pride. And that's one of the hardest things we have to deal with as believers. Not only as believers, but in the world. Pride. I won't say I'm sorry, because I'm even if I'm wrong. It doesn't matter, because my pride won't let me. And so uh, a lot of people live a very unhappy existence because they don't forgive, and it causes problems. Remember, Judges 18.7. The five men went on the town of Laish, where they noticed the people living carefree lives, like the Sidonians. They were peaceful and secure. The people were also wealthy because their land was fertile, and they lived a great distance from Sidon and had no allies nearby. The city was hardly guarded. The people were just living like everything's okay and don't worry about it, you know. And they were very wealthy because that area of land was very fertile. And back then and even today, good farmland is hard to find. And it was really good. It was what we'd call bottomland or whatever, where it had the best soil there was. So therefore, that made the people more wealthy because they grew things and they uh, could distribute them to people or sell them to people and make a good living. But they were careless and quiet and secure. They left their gates open and their walls in disarray. They were self-confident. They didn't think they were in danger. They were careless because they were a proud people. Now, pride gives Satan an advantage against us. And it gave them a disadvantage because of their pride. And they were far away from Sidon, which was a sinful city, basically. Of course, they all were back then. (laughs) Whatever. And uh, they stayed away from that because they didn't want to be involved in that lifestyle or whatever. So they was over here in their own little little corner of the world. And that's all we all want, isn't it? You know, we want what these people had. They just want to live a quiet life, work, and raise their families. That's, what, that's all we want is people, everyday people. But the problem is too many people want more than that. They want power over those people. And that's when they get it, we get into problems. And uh, Obadiah 1 and 3 the pride of thine heart hath deceived thee. And Proverbs 16, 18, pride goeth before destruction and in a haughty spirit before a fall. Now, pride causes us to be deceived. Be deceived and leads us to be careless. A careless life will bring destruction. When we're careless about our daily lives as far as our relationship with God, we're opening the, the, the door or the gate to our lives and we become vulnerable. That's why we need to make sure we read the Bible and pray, whether it's convenient or not, it doesn't matter. It's so easy to get God's word now. You can listen to it on the way to work if you want. So it's so easy to be able to get God's word into your lives or into our lives today. But we don't do it even though it's easy to do. Dwight L. Moody said, be humble or you'll stumble. And that's the reality we live in. If we had humble people in our leadership, we wouldn't be having the problems we're having. But we're having the problems because pride gets in the way. The biggest barrier to believers in God's power is our own strength. 
That's the biggest problem that we have. We have a great, big, wonderful God, and we know he can do anything, and yet we say, oh, that's all right, God, you just sit on the bench, I got this one. And the problem is we never have this one because when we sideline God, we're opening ourselves up to be vulnerable to attacks by Satan. And we don't want to do that. Anyway, I don't. We are to be we can't be confident in our own abilities and leave God out because when we do, we have problems. And if you look back in your life and every time that you had a lot of things going on, things going bad, you'll realize that you started to stumble a little bit here and there and you were putting God on the bench said, oh God, I got this one. This is just the easy one. But I don't want an easy one. I want less effort as possible as a believer. I want to be strong, but I, want to be a, I don't want to be no winkling. I don't want anybody kicking dust in my face on the beach. So, uh, and God didn't call us to be weaklings. We think that meek, meekness meant the weakness, and it doesn't. Meekness basically means an obedience to someone else. Jesus was obedient to the, fa- the Father ev- for every jot and tittle within this Bible. He fulfilled it because he allowed God to do that. I know that he's, he was God and he could have done it on his own, but he chose to do it that way to show us that we can do it. And he did it in the power of the Holy Spirit through him. So uh, we need to make sure that we're not sidelining God because it's uh, to our detriment. 1 Corinthians 10, 12. If you think you're standing strong, be careful not to fall. Now, a lot of people talk about, oh, man, I went through this problem a long time ago, and, and I didn't have a problem. went right, breezed right through it. And you're sitting there struggling with that same situation. And the reality is they shouldn't have said it in that, that tone of voice because it was destructive to them and their spirit. Because they could help you. Say, I got through it and this is how I got through it. Instead of saying, I got through it. If you don't get through it, it's because you're weak. I'm strong. I'm better than you are. I'm closer to God than you are. So that's pride. And it will destroy us. That's the worst thing that we can have in our lives is pride. Uh, secondly, lawlessness makes us vulnerable. Judges 18.1. Oh, I thought I changed that one because I changed, got to a different version. But anyway, it says, there was no king in Israel at that time or magistrate. And um, a king or a magistrate would be responsible for the protection of of the, their town or their properties or whatever it is, and uh, making sure that th- they were secure and they had uh, enough soldiers to be able to fight on behalf of the residents of there. He, they were responsible for that city. And they didn't have anybody that was responsible for it. So everybody did what they wanted to do, and nobody bo- I guess nobody bothered anybody. I have no idea. <laughs> But they lived in, in, in pride, knowing that they didn't need anybody, and left everything wide open. And when they don't have someone in charge, there's no way to restrain, restrain wickedness and encourage good and protect from the aggressions of, of others. 
Now, everyone did what they wanted to do because they had no authority. No one had no authority over them. We have a lot of people today that get away with everything. And it just irritates me that certain groups of people can break the law and they're treated with kid gloves and we do something a little minuscule and they lock us up and throw away the key. So we don't have a fair system right now. We need to get a fair system because right now our country is in disarray because of that. And our president is doing what he thinks is right to protect our nation. And that's a hard job. I mean, we think he, all he does is just walk around thinking how, how nice it is to be president. But he's busy 20 hours a day, 18 hours a day. He works all the time. They say he hardly ever sleeps. So I don't know what he does, but he's busy all the time. And he's doing that job for nothing, only because he loves this country. And uh, that's why I like it, and I like it because he isn't a politi politician. So I like that aspect of it too, because we would have never known how corrupt our government was if Trump hadn't been elected. I mean, we knew there was some corruption there, but we didn't know the depths that the corruption went. And it's gonna take years to dig out all the corruption that we have in our nation and in our leadership. And because everybody wants power, that's the thing. You know, all of them are millionaires, politicians are, most of them are. If they're not yet, they will be. While they're in office, it seems like they go in poor and come out rich. So, um, but they're, they, they get so hungry for power, and that's why they want to be president. I want to be powerful. They wouldn't admit that to you. Oh, I want to help the people. And they tell, tell us what we want to hear so we'll vote for them. Well, I don't believe them. Their actions speaks louder than their words. That's why as we're contemplating the election season next year, we need to look at their records and vote, vote accordingly. And like I said, and I don't believe anybody can vote for somebody that believes in abortion. Because especially this late term abortion, it just makes me sick to think of what they can do to a baby. It just, I don't even know how that we are even considering this, but they don't think it's no big deal. You know, I'm pregnant and I could decide not for nine months, I have nine months to decide if I want a baby. Well, that, that's ridiculous. You should have decided it before you got pregnant. Amen. That's when the decision needed to be made, not after you're pregnant. You need to have yourself taken care of. And all these people that have babies just to get more money on welfare, I believe there should be a cap on it. You get money for four kids and that's it. They won't have any more. They don't get any more money for it because there's no incentive for it. And you have to work. Provide them with a job. Then all of a sudden they'll get a job. Let's see where, let's see where I'm at. Uh, <coughs> it's never safe for a man to do what's right in his own eyes. Now law brings order. Now if we didn't have laws against stealing, we could 
Oh, it's really hard to lock up your stuff. The poor people would have the advantage because they have nothing to steal. <laughs> you know, you think, hey, at least I don't have nothing to steal. I used to tell people if I got kidnapped, after they had me for part of a day, they'd be calling and saying, how much do you want to take her back? <laughs> you know? But, uh, and I, I noticed they had this new ser- series coming out that came out this, this year. Have you, have you heard about it called The Purge? I didn't watch it. I just seen the preview to it. I usually watch new series at least once, but I've seen that and there ain't no way. For those of you that don't know, the show's about one day. There's one day granted where you can kill anybody you want and there'll be no consequences. They call it the purge, purging people you don't like. I can't even imagine that. I meant some days I'd like to have that. (laughs) Oh, man, would I have fun. You know, no protection for anybody. You know, I'd take care of a few people. (laughs) But I didn't watch it because because of that aspect of it. I didn't want to get involved in it. But when laws are perverted or don't exist, we're in trouble. And we see that today. All the protests we have, there's no such thing as far on the left as far as a peaceful protest. They aren't having a protest unless they're beating people up, destroying property, and they have to use gas to, di- to disrupt the protest. I never thought, I know we had protests in the 60s during the Vietnam War against the war, but they never rose to the level of what we're seeing in protests. And every time a, a black someone is killed by a cop, a white cop, oh, everybody's in an uproar. But they don't care about all the kids that are killing each other in Chicago. They don't care about that because it doesn't fit their scenario. It doesn't fit in their little box of things that they care about. They could do something about it if they wanted to, get a lot more law enforcers and just go down there and clean out the place. It could be done. It's done everywhere. It's done in other places, but they don't care. All they care about is the power. They say crime's down. Yeah, it's down because you're not recording all the crime. You pick up an illegal, that isn't a crime. So they let him go. It isn't counted. And so they think, look, look what I've done. I've reduced crime rate in my area or in my state. Look at me, pat me on the back. In reality, they're not. Crime's gone up. Sooner or later, I guess, in Chicago, they run out of people to kill. I don't know. But and most of the homicides in um, Chicago go unsolved because they're gang-related. They could get rid of these gangs really easy if they wanted to. Just go in there and pick one area and start there and just work their way through the state. But they don't want to because there's other things more important like running for president or running for senate or running for something else. But authority is essential to the peace and prosperity of a nation. We're prosperous right now, but we're in disarray. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm at peace, and believers are at peace of what's going on because we know God's in charge. But we can't get peace until they quit, dis- quit stirring the pot. I mean, the whole thing is how they're going to get Trump and how they're going to impeach him. 
And every day, every day it's something new. And then all the things that they said were true about him, they found out they weren't. And yet they got all these people's lives that they destroyed because they're looking for stuff that wasn't there. And that just makes me angry. Why don't they go after criminals, real criminals, over something after they've proved that he wasn't involved in stealing the election like they thought? When it fall apart, they should have moved on to something else more important. I mean, they had that hearing with Trump's ex-lawyer. At the same time, the president was in negotiating with Kim Jong-un, Il, whatever his name is. I mean, to me, that that's, would be a more important thing than the other thing. But they wanted to take the spotlight off of that because they don't want him to succeed. They're, they're happy that he didn't come back with a treaty because now they say, see, he can't do anything even though he's done a lot in relationship with South North Korea as far as their ballistic missiles that they're fly, fly, or shooting that they're, they're not now and all the things that he's done and that aspect of it. But um, we need to do that. See. God's word is our rule for faith and practice, and yet we ignore it. Job 1.10. You have always put a wall of protection around him and his home and his property. You have made him prosper in everything he does. Look how rich he is. Now, this is talking about Job, and I know there was a different scenario, but each of us have a wall around us. Nothing can happen to us if God doesn't, preordain it or if we kick out the walls or open the gate and allow some of the things in that destroy our lives. But we do have a wall of protection about us. And uh, we need to uh, realize that God's there. And we break down our own wall, we make ourselves vulnerable. Psalms 119.97 Oh, how I love your instruction. I think about them all day long. Your commands make me wiser than my enemies, for they are my constant guide. When we let the word of God be our law, our life is better. <clears throat> and we're truly free. The law of God will strengthen us against the attacks of Satan, the appeal of sin, and, the, and selfish ambitions. See, the closer we get to God, the less the things of this world matter. You know, I've noticed as we've gotten older, uh, stuff isn't as important as it used to be. We used to think, oh man, I've got to have all this neat stuff, you know, got to have it, ooh. But as you get older, you find out, hey, it's not a big deal. That stuff isn't as important as people. And it's a shame that a lot of us have to wait till we get older before we realize that. And so we, we have a world out there just working for stuff. Yeah. We have fathers that gone all the time. They never see their kids. Just working, working, working. And then the mothers are working, working. And I know that people have to work to make ends meet. I understand that. But they also need to spend quality time with their kids. Because the ones that have absentee fathers, those are the ones that commit the most crimes. 
And the reason they join gangs is because they want to belong. They want to be a part of the family. See, but if those same people were introduced to God, they could be part of a different family. So we are lacking in our evangelism of America. America is more pagan than a lot of the places in the world. South Korea, I think South Korea has one of the largest churches, is that right? Mm -hmm. Over a million people, million members, isn't it? Now that's a big church. Of course, they don't all do the thing, the little satellite ministries or churches, offshoots that they have. But the secret to their success isn't great preaching, but, but Dr. Cho is a good, was a good preacher, and still is, I assume. I think he's still alive. <laughs> I don't want to kill him off. <laughs> but he prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And it didn't look like he was getting anywhere. And I know sometimes that's the way we feel. We pray and pray and pray and nothing seems to happen. Or things get worse. And we get, then we start getting angry and asking, hey, God, what's going on? I'm trying to trust you, but every time I get, you know, pray and pray and pray and pray, things get worse. Well, yeah, things have to get worse before they can get better. You know, the storm has to go through and complete the process of the storm. And we have to learn to learn. We have to learn what we need, need to learn from the storm we're going through so we don't have to go through that storm again. If we don't, we're going to circle around to it again. And I don't want to, so I pray, God, let me get through that storm the, the first time. <clears throat> um, the thirdly, loneliness makes us vulnerable and can lead to depression. Now, if you'll notice, a lot of people that are lonely, they, li you know, they live alone or they're elderly and can't get out and they don't see family very much. It's very easy to get depressed in the society we live in. You know, years ago, it wasn't like that. Families were intertwined. You know, they had the grandkids and the parents and the wives and the sons and all the other kind of things that were going on. They were just basically one family. It was like when the sons or daughters got married, it was like bringing a new baby into the world because it was a family. Nowadays, we don't. <laughs> we marry, we all have our own lives, and we're all busy, and I understand that. But we need to take care, make sure that our loneliness, when we get lonely, doesn't make us vulnerable, because the saint will jump on that like a ton of bricks. And we need to be aware of that. Judges 18, 28. There was no one around to help. They, they were a long way from Sidon and had no treaty with the Armenians. Lash was in the valley of Bethlehem. They didn't have anybody to help them. They alienated themselves from everyone and everything, so when they needed, a, needed someone, there was no one there to help. And if they would have had a treaty with surrounding countries, they would never have been destroyed. There are a lot of countries around this, the world that America has treaties with. They're small countries, and they aren't gobbled up by the larger countries because we are protecting them. 
because that means something. So you attack them, you attack us. And that keeps them safer. <coughs> but they didn't have that. They thought they didn't need that. We just get them over here in my little corner of the world and, and let the world just go by. Well, the problem is you do that, the world's going to run over you because they're going to find out that what you got is nice and they want to kick you out of it. So we need to realize that we need to have alliances, be a part of a body. The New Testament does not teach Lone Ranger Christianity. Remember, Jesus sent the disciples out two by two. He never sent them out alone. And God made a helpmate for Adam. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to be with us and set up the church. <clears throat> because he didn't want us to be alone because when we're alone, we're vulnerable. <clears throat> Leviticus 26.8 Five of you will be able to defeat a hundred and a hundred will be able to defeat ten thousand. Now this is a promise from God saying it doesn't matter how strong the enemy is because you're, we are stronger because God is stronger than any enemy that we have or any enemy we could possibly face. We're stronger, but we don't, we just don't comprehend that or grasp that. So we struggle along and just suffer through this life when in reality, if we realize that God <coughs> was strong enough and wants to fight for us and help us, but we don't. And so therefore, we got an ant chasing us away, or the equivalent of it, because we are afraid and we don't know how to fight. And they say, oh, Christians aren't supposed to fight. Really? Read your Old Testament. <laughs> they say, oh, that's Old Testament. Well, we're still doing, we're still fighting wars, aren't we? There's, I don't know how many wars are going on right now, but there's a lot of them. So wars are a part of our world. And I don't like that because it's expensive. And uh, we lose lives of our young people, young men and women. And like I said, there's no nation out there that's worth even one of our soldiers' lives. The only exception would be Israel. Because... <coughs> You can't, you can't, we got to love Israel. God says pray for Israel because he will bless those that bless Israel and he will curse those that curse Israel. So I'm going to make sure that I bless Israel. Amen. We pray for their safety. We pray for them every day, every night before we go to sleep. We pray for our nation, pray for our, the people that we know that need healing. We pray for the things that our family members and things. But... Uh, <coughs> But we need to realize that we're strong, even though it doesn't seem like it. See, God organized the church because he recognized the need of it. Jesus just didn't do it for no reason at all. He did it because he know, knew that we would need it, because if not, we would alienate ourselves. And if we alienate ourselves, sooner or later we're going to start questioning things, and the devil's going to beat up on us, and... Uh, <clears throat> so we need to realize that and come to church, let your request make known and help us to be a body and strengthen each other. Instead of tear each other down, let's build each other up. 
Tell, instead of start telling everybody about our weaknesses, tell everybody about our strengths. And we need to focus on our strengths because we do have them. Doesn't matter who we are, we have our strengths. And if we have weaknesses, as Paul says, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. So we have weaknesses so we can realize our need of God in our lives. And we, God wants to make us stronger. And he wants us to make us realize that we have his strength available. We just have to ask and trust him. There's so many underground churches today because they need to be part of the body. Even though if they're caught, they could be killed or go to prison. I mean, we're free to come to church. There, they aren't. They go to underground churches and try to hide the things because of the fact it costs your li- you your life to go there. If it cost us our life to be in church today, how many of us would be here? I'd still be here to preach. They carried me out. I hope somebody else would step up the podium and start preaching until we was all gone. <laughs> then we'd have church in, in jail. <laughs> so... But we need to understand how strong God is. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 and through 12. It says, if one person, say, wait a minute, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. We don't understand that. We don't want to give credit for success to anyone. So we don't want to help anybody around. I did it my way. So therefore, you don't succeed as well. If you do it together, you succeed. <clears throat> uh, verse, uh, verse 10, if one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Now, I know falling sometimes. You can be in real trouble if you fall. I've fallen and I couldn't get up. I mean, you know, got something going on. and It's not that easy when you're 71 years old to get up off the floor if you fall. Of course, I haven't done a lot of falling. I do more like blacking out from my blood pressure issues. But, but I'm usually in a chair when that happens now. <laughs> but it's no fun. That's why we need somebody to help us. And if we alienate ourselves when we fall, there's nobody around to help us up. No one around to tell us, hey, brother or sister, come on, get a hair. Here's my hand. I'll help you up. Come on. You can do it and encourage each other. Just like if we encourage our kids to be great, they'll turn out great. We tell them you can do anything you want. You can be anything you want. You just got to go to school, study hard, and do the work. And you can be whatever you want to be. And encourage and praise our kids. If we did that, we'd have less problems with our kids. I know there's a certain age when doesn't matter what you do with it. They're just teenagers, and they got to get their little rebellious uh, thing in there, but it doesn't have to be. You know, we can pray with them and help them and encourage them so they don't go through that phase. Uh, verse 11, Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? Now, I know that if all of you have been married, if you, you know, you like to snuggle it all with your mate or with your husband or wife. Pretty soon you notice, man, it's hot. <laughs> it gets hot. So one of them has a furnace, and you can sit there, well, 
I can't handle this anymore. I got to go over here and cool off because the, because of the body heats of two people to being together. Now that's a great thing, you know. If you don't have any heat, you know, that's what you do. You get in a sleeping bag and snuggle up together because it'll keep you warm. But if you have two separate areas, it isn't as warm. <coughs> Verse 12, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. There are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. We need to each other when it comes to war. And we're at war. We are in a spiritual battle every minute of every day. And if you'll notice from some of the movies that you watch, where they do fighting and stuff like that, they stand back to back, you know, especially sorters, you know, they stand back to back and they, you take care of those over there and I'll take care of these over here. And that way they have a better chance of succeeding. But if they just have one guy, then they can sneak up behind them and get them. So back to back, you're powerful. Two people. So, And that's kind of our... Um, <coughs> Strength in coming to church and being each other because we, we help each other. There's nothing like the warmth of family, and church is our family. This is our family, people. You know, we like the holidays because it's about family. Well, every Sunday should be, and Wednesday should be about family because we are family. In a Peanuts cartoon, Lucy demanded Linus change the TV, threatening him with her fist if he didn't. What makes you think you can walk right in here and take over, Linus, asked Lucy. These five fingers, answered Lucy. Individually, they are nothing, but when I curl them together, they form a weapon this is terrible to behold. What channel do you want, asked Linus. <laughs> you know, strength rules, doesn't it? You know, the strongest... You know, they lead. And that's why America needs to remain strong, so we can lead. And the stronger we become, the less likely someone is going to attack us because we'll eat them alive. It's like, you know, you, you've seen these, you know, pictures of the kids, little kids, and they're fighting. And the one guy, kid, stand like this with his hand on the head of the kid, and he's, they're just swinging away, and they're not landing any blows. That's kind of what it's like for the strength, for someone that's strong. And we can be that strong. We can be that. We can win. Every day we can win. We just have to let God help us fight. Now, the five spies from the tribe of Dan recognized the city of Lash was an easy city to defeat. No problem taking this city because of its pride, lawlessness, and loneliness. And we'll be an easy target for the devil. If we allow pride to enter our life, if we're lawless and, and we're lonely. <coughs> and lonely, it, it's easier to connect nowadays as far as loneliness is concerned. Call somebody on the phone. You know, go to church. But if you can't get out, call. Visit somebody that you know that can't get out. A man got into trouble and went to D.L. Moody for help. Weeping, he asked, what would you do if you were in my place? Moody replied, I would not have gotten in your place to begin with. The best way to stay away from defeat is to avoid the things that make us susceptible or vulnerable to defeat. 
I don't want to be vulnerable. I want to be strong. Amen. We're standing in the armor of God. We can do it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray.